Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the IHS Market Verticon Fertilizer Podcasts. We're here to discuss today the latest events in the sulfur market at the beginning of June 2020. Following the impact of the global COVID-19 pandemic, we'll also discuss our views on where we expect to go from here. My colleague Yuya Pan and myself Maria Mosquera, both sulfur analysts with Yuya focusing on the long-term view on the market and price forecasts up to 2030, while I focus on the most recent business and market events as well as assessing current pricing. So we've seen um, recently the global lockdown measures put in place to curb the spread of COVID-19 impacting on sulfur supply chains um, as well as other commodities on sulfur production due to reduced refining rates and also reductions in demand for sulfur for the manufacturing metals and chemicals industries. The fertilizer sector has been an exception on the sulfur demand side, with most countries designating fertilizer production as an essential industry that has been able to operate throughout introduced lockdown measures, unlike most of the other industries. Some regions like the US and Europe in particular have seen more of an impact from cuts to refining operations on their sulfur supply. Yuya, what's your view on the impact seen in these regions on a tighter sulfur balance? Thank you, Maria. As mentioned by you, the COVID-19 has tightened surface supply this year, but the impact on surface output recovered from oil refining and recovered from gas processing or gas purification are different. As such, there are some regional differences and timing differences. Surface output recovered from oil refining process is concentrated in North America, Europe and Eastern Asia. The worldwide travel restrictions and lockdown measures have resulted in reduced demand for transportation fuel, including gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. But the demand shock of oil product has not resulted in immediate response from all the refiners. Subsequent production cuts and delayed maintenance are, expect, are expected to lead to surface supply tightness in Q2 and Q3. It's worth note to note here that the majority of oil-based sulfur is in liquid form. As such, the impact on oil-based sulfur supply cannot be directly translated into the trade market. Sulfur output from most of the major exporters, such as those in the Middle East, Central Asia, and Eurasia, is recovered from gas processing. The impact on gas-based surface supply yet has not been as obvious as that for oil. Gas producers in the Middle East haven't reported any significant curtment yet, but OPEC agreement to cut oil production in June will result in some decline in associated gas. Gas operations in Central Asia and Eurasia are contingent on demand recovering China and how bad the European market is hit by the global pandemic. Maria, how the market participants feel about it? Well, in Europe, the market that was already tight has had to supplement regional production recently with additional granular product brought into one of the few points in the region where solid product can enter the molten chain with remelting capacity in place, as as well as um, via additional molten product brought in from the US Gulf, despite the relative tightness prevalent there too. 
A reduction in recent export vessels out of the U.S. Gulf has been observed during May, with exports from the West Coast also having seen a reduction recently. But there have also been substantial cuts to sulfur demand from sectors such as manufacturing and chemicals, with lockdown measures reducing consumer demand for many industries, as well as plants having had to close to safeguard workers from the spread of the infection. Which industries do you see um, having seen the most significant cuts um, on the demand side, Yuya? In terms of applications, we can broadly break it down into agriculture, that's many fertilizer and industry sector. In general, the agriculture sector identified as essential business in most of the countries is more immune to these global pandemics. Across various industry sectors, those closely associated with auto industry, such as caprolactam and some chemical products, have been impacted the most by the COVID-19. Surfer demand for leaching matter is quite mixed. From a regional perspective, Asia, led by China, has seen a significant reduction in demand in Q1 due to China's stringent measure to control the outbreak. Also, Wuhan, the initial epicenter of this outbreak, is also the major production hub for phosphate, the largest end-use sector for sulfur. We have witnessed a steady recovery of demand across various downstream sectors in China in, from Q2. As industry sector account for 60% of total demand in Europe, surf demand has been affected as much as that for on supply. Australia, where demand is driving by the leaching sector, demand for surfer has remained robust. The long-idled Raven Soap nickel operation has started a commercial production in April, supporting demand for sulfur in this region. Despite the outbreak of COVID-19, the USA has seen a good year for copper production and therefore strong demand for fertilizer and therefore for sulfur. Central and South America is a big question mark now. We haven't not heard any significant impact yet, but there are lots of uncertainties. Maria, how will this prevailing trend impact Q3 contract negotiation? Thank you, Yuya. At the moment, um, parties are just beginning to anticipate the Q3 contract negotiations, it being still early in the day, uh, with the expectation, though, among many market participants being a firming trend driven by the ongoing cuts to sulfur supply, while demand is seen as broadly rather stable. Some indications of buyers preparing for an expected tightness during Q3 earlier in Q2 was seen with some additional tons booked as a cushion above actual requirement in some regions. Some increases to contract prices moving from Q2 into Q3 are broadly expected in most markets. By early June, some price firming has already been evident in the spot market, though at the moment more in sentiment going forward rather than a large spike having been seen in conclusions. The recent announcements from major Middle East suppliers on monthly prices applicable during the month of June demonstrated this firming trend with Qatar's QSP moving up $4 to uh, reach um, 57 FOB in June and uh, followed by similar trends seen for the KSP set at $57.50 FOB. 
um, and ADNOC following at $58. These numbers imply delivered pricing to China in the sort of mid-upper 70 CFR, while some cargo holders are pushing for pricing up to sort of $80 CFR on conclusions. But looking ahead a bit further, Yuya, in terms of recovery on either side, which way do you see the balance tipping? Thanks, Maria. It's a very good question, but really tricky one. It much depends on how the global economy will recover and the timing in each region. Even if the global economy can pick up pretty quick, this unprecedented event will impose some further damage on oil and gas industry. Many refiners are unlikely to resume to the normal operating rates until 2021. That said, there will be some pronounced impact on sulfur production. On the other hand, a few new projects are ready for commercial production. Additional sulfur output from this project, especially those in the Middle East, will pose some downside risk to the prices. From the demand side, although fertilizer sector is comparably resident to this global pandemic, but any post-pandemic economic recession could eventually impact the fertilizer sector, especially for phosphate, the largest end use sector for sulfur. Demand for sulfur and sulfuric asset in the industry sector is set to recover, but the recovery rate will be different from country to country. All in all, our base case view is that we expect to see some deficit this year but the sulfur market is quite likely to flip back into the, to be oversupplied in the last couple of years, but the surplus could be much smaller than we previously forecasted before the outbreak. More comprehensive analysis can be found in our sulfur outlook, which will be published at the end of June. Well, that just about wraps up the topics we wanted to cover today. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe to our series of fertilizer podcasts available on Apple iPlayer and Google Podcasts for the latest topics of interest in the world of fertilizers. For more information about Ferticon and IHS Market, visit the link in the show description. Thank you for listening.